0: of mental and emotional challenges faced by everyone. Today on the Bomberos on Fire podcast we delve deep into the heart of this issue. My name is Armando and today we're shedding light on a topic that's close to our heart, mental health. Not just in the firefighting community but also to everyone else because everyone has a bone in this fight. It's a conversation that long overdue. We will be discussing the unique challenges we face, sharing personal stories, and exploring ways to improve our mental well-being. With insights from experts, personal testimony, and actionable strategies, we aim to ignite a conversation that can make a difference. Because just as we fight fires, take care of people, and work in a stressful environment, we must also combat the internal struggles that many of us face. This is not just for firefighters, but everyone else living on this planet. Together, we can build a community of support, understanding and healing. Join us as we journey through the art of conversation, seeking light and hope for everyone. Be safe. Walk.
1: Welcome back, uh, my audience, my people, to Bomberos on Fire podcast. My name is Armando. And today I got a really special guest. Uh, People will say, What are you doing? Because some stuff doesn't relate to the podcast, but I think it's for me and the people interested in in this amazing culture, amazing country. And we found the link, (laughs) if you can, or the bridge between us and Japan. I'm here with Mr. Christopher. He is working in the uh, Japanese consulate in Miami. Chris, this is, the floor is yours.
2: Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, this is my first podcast, so should be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, like you said, uh, my name is Chris Bricky. I'm the uh, JET program coordinator at the Japanese consulate in Miami. So for those of you who don't know what the JET program is, it's a way for uh, college graduates to go over to Japan and either teach English or work in like city hall, town hall, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's a great opportunity to go out and, you know, see Japan. And I did it myself for four years, had a lot of fun. So I thought, what better way to kind of give back than to, to do the same kind of thing, you know, to be the one on the opposite side, to be the one helping people to get to Japan instead of the one going to Japan. So that's what I do right now. That's my main job and some other other responsibilities as well but that's kind of what, what i mainly do but uh yeah, yeah it's been a lot of fun and really uh really gratifying job
1: oh i bet is is awesome you are taking somebody who's in college right Who's just starting to see life starting to realize hey maybe something else outside the world to japan <laughs> which is a whole completely different world different culture i mean language uh, Everything. And and uh that opened your eyes. Uh, I myself, I came from Venezuela and, and to me coming to the US was like a different planet. Right, right. So
0: different.
2: Yeah, I mean, and uh, for a lot of kids, uh this is their first like real job. So not only you yeah. got, you know, your first real responsibilities, but you're doing it in a totally foreign environment. Some people don't even know the language, so like I really I commend these people for going out there and stepping outside of their comfort zone to do this. Uh, It takes a special kind of person to really go out and seek this kind of opportunity. So, uh, yeah, I just,
1: it's it's a great (laughs) thing, I think. That's awesome, bro. I mean, to be honest, that's awesome. Like the communication, the, and, and I got a question. How did you got into, into that position from, obviously you went uh, to Japan, but how did you got into that?
2: Okay. Yeah. So I was there from 2016 to 2020. And I was in this, mm. you know, the city, it was called Kochi. It's in Shikoku. So that's the, the smallest of the four main islands. And I just happened to meet, I, I made friends with, um, who ended up being my predecessor in my position. So like we became friends there and... She left before I did. Um, so she was already, you know, she'd been doing this job for a couple of years when I got back to the States. And uh, one day she just ended up like uh, messaging me saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be leaving this position. So I think you'd be uh, a great person to fill this role because she knew that I didn't have a job at the moment. I was kind of uh, you know, that, that's when COVID was kind of really big. So I was, I know, I was taking a little, little bit of a break from the the real world and seeing if that was going to die down. So, in the meantime, I didn't really have anything going for me and you know, it was all about making those connections and you never know when uh, you know, re- when you're going to really benefit from those. So, uh yeah, that's kind of how I became uh, you know, how I got this job.
1: It was awesome. Yeah. So true. The connections you never know. Like I met you in a Japanese event in Florida Kissimmee,
2: mm-hmm. which
1: people don't know. Kissimmee's majority Spanish people. It's all yeah. Spanish: Puerto Ricans, Venezuelan, Cubans, you name it. And it mm-hmm. was a Japanese event in the middle of the place, which is awesome. And, and I'm a huge fan of Japanese culture. Growing up, you know, it started with anime, and then uh, I tried to learn Japanese, and it, I was horrible on it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I tried try
1: to to write it and like nah I can do the shit <laughs> right now. Yeah. And life took me to different path. But yeah, it's is awesome. Great. And uh what were you doing before you got into the embassy or, or before you went to Japan the first time as a as a student or as a worker? What were you doing before that?
2: Yeah, so uh you know, as I said, most people who go into jet are doing like straight out of college. But I took a bit of a different path. So um, I actually got my bachelor's in like 2007, and I decided to go out and, you know, uh, make some money, you know, pay the pay the bill, stuff like that. I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like I got my degree in international studies, so like oh, okay. I kind of I wanted to do something, you know, outside of the U.S but I still hadn't really made up my mind the specifics. So you know, I had a friend who worked at a credit union uh, that I happened to bank at and you know, started working with him um, and then did that for a couple of years, realized that finance isn't really where I wanted to be. So I uh, went to a uh, call center for a couple of years and oh. did that. And uh, it wasn't as bad as most call center like, horror okay. stories, yeah. Um, I didn't have to deal with, like, customers. It was all, um, like, so I worked for a, a security company. So okay. we were we were the ones who were talking to the field reps who were making the sales, and we would kind of set up the installation dates and all that stuff, put their, you know, info into the system. So it wasn't too bad, but, like, there was no, like, upward growth for me. I didn't see that being, uh, like, somewhere I wanted to take my career in the long run. So I realized, like, sure i had a bachelor's but nowadays that really doesn't get you much like as as much yeah. as it used to get you so i thought okay let me get my master's and i had always been kind of playing around with the idea of doing something japan related like i had a lot of friends in undergrad who um were in a real i guess squeebs for a better you know for lack of a better word and uh one friend had done the jet program herself and um so, like, I kind of decided to go that direction. So I went back to school, got my master's in Asian studies, took a couple oh. of classes, of uh, or a couple of years of Japanese as well. And um, I applied from there. So by the time I actually started, uh, you know, my position on the jet program, I was, like, 30 years old, I think. Okay. So um, I was, you know, a little bit older than your traditional... Uh, jet program applicant.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's that's yeah. awesome. That's a different path for real. Right. That's a whole different path. Yeah. There's too many ways to get to Rome, and I mean, <laughs> I see that. That's awesome. And uh, I got a question. What what motivate people, or when you, you I probably you interview the students before before go to Japan. What is the motivation for them to go to Japan?
2: Yeah. So. There's like there's really main two main motivations. Um, One is the people who want to pursue some kind of teaching career in the future, Um, and they they also have an interest in Japan or like you know Asian Asian cultures. So this is a way for them to get you know some good experience, um, you know get some teaching experience as well as kind of scratch that itch for you know going out and uh, seeing the world. Uh, yeah. And then the, I would the other half is those who maybe want to do something more in the Japan sphere. But kind of the, the easiest way to get over to Japan is through teaching. So that was actually mm-hmm. my motivation for going over was I wanted to learn Japanese. And, you know, what better way than being in the thick of things like being in a Japanese-speaking yeah. country? So, yeah. you know, I... I knew that I didn't want to pursue like teaching as a career but I had no problem with it like I had a lot of fun being a teacher but my motivation was definitely on the Japan side. Um so that's the kind of the main the two main uh reasons I would say why people decide to to do this
1: okay yeah it makes makes sense that i mean get involved into that culture and in your case you just basically went inside the middle of the the wolf and just let's do this right, right which yeah. is crazy which is awesome it's awesome i, I was recently in poland and i was teaching some firefighters because i got i teach how to save a down fireman on in a fire and i went to poland for almost two weeks and it was inverse on the culture. They don't speak any English. I have to use Google Translate. <laughs> it's it great it to see how similar we are. Besides, you know the obvious language and culture, but we all similar. And since you've been there and you're so involved with the Japanese culture, what are the similarities that we have between the U.S. and and Japan? Because we know the difference, obviously, but
2: yeah, what's the thing I that mean, put us together? Similarities. I mean, that's kind of. Kind of difficult i think um i mean in the end like we're all we're all human beings like we're yeah so yeah. so japan you know is more collectivist whereas we're more independent in the u.s but at, at the end like we all want to see each other do well um so i think it's just a it's a, just about being a human really um but yeah culture culture wise like uh i mean like Japan has taken a lot of stuff from the u s whether it's um like the you know architecture or whether it's okay um like you know
3: uh movies uh, probably they?
2: Yeah, the... yeah, yeah movie like um you know music movies that kind of stuff so yeah. um yeah um I guess that's that's the best way I can think of is to how like the cultures are similar um yeah. you know they've taken a lot of words, you know they have a lot of loan words that they use and and I, it seems like every day like, really? there's a, a new like a new word that they're kind of they've got their Japanese way to say it, and then they've kind of changed it to use the English word or like a a foreign word um, oh wow, yeah, so. Like for example, I'm trying to think of a uh, um, a word that there's like a Japanese form for it, but they just they use English now um and like I can't think of anything. I actually just saw uh like a short little video it was i think it was on Facebook or something about a girl and her her grandmother like saying the same word, but like the girl would use the yeah, you know, the more English popular word. way to, to say the word now, exactly the yeah. English word. And a grandma would say what it is in like Japanese. So yeah, it, oh, it wow. feels like they're <laughs> they're they're just taking more and more words from the outside and making it their own.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I read a lot about Japan and see a lot of videos of Japan and I know they are they welcome the foreigners, but n they're not like open wide open arms. Hey, come on people, everybody come on to Japan. I know their culture is kind of close. How do how mm-hmm. do that works over there cuz you don't look Japanese. I mean <laughs> i but how, how do Yeah, I mean I think How was your experience for you?
2: Yeah, for me it was it was great. Like I never felt like I was being seen as, you know, a dirty foreigner or, or never welcomed. Um, you know, cuz despite being, you know, six foot two or whatever, bunch of tattoos, shaved head. Um I never had anybody like on the runaway from me or uh they'll be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, cussing me out saying, go back to the US or whatever. Everyone was like it, it might have also been uh a product of where I was because it was a smaller town. Um okay. so maybe they were less used to seeing foreigners and they were more just happy that, you know, someone would decide to go to their neck of the woods and and okay. you know and live there really so i mean yeah i was i felt like i was welcomed you know everywhere i went um oh, but nice. there there are i've definitely heard you know stories of people who you know they'd go into a restaurant or a bar or something and they you know the somebody in there would say you know no english or no foreigner stuff like that um which i think in the vast majority of cases it's just because they don't know how to speak English, and they don't want to have any miscommunication because of the language difference. So, oh, okay. it's not from a, a point of like disliking somebody, it's just kind of they want avoid to avoid the hustle. Exactly. They want to play it safe, avoid any potential, you know, like I said, misunderstandings, and just make things yeah, simpler.
1: Yeah, the culture is really uh, about respect and dedication and discipline. Right, And I know that they take pride of whatever they do. Doesn't matter what it is; it could be picking up the trash, it could be doing uh, a computer. It is is dedication a hundred percent. Right, So right. I can I can see that coming from from Japan. Like, yeah, I don't want to deal with you because I don't want to offend you. So get out of my That's restaurant. <laughs> right, respectfully, <laughs> please get out. Uh, yeah,
2: exactly. But uh, it's I think crazy, as long man. as yeah, as long as you you know you go there. You know, do some research first, like, make sure you don't accidentally, you know, make a major faux pas and, you know, just come from a, a place of understanding and having an open mind. And I think
1: I think you'll have a great time wherever you go in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, by the way, I have to talk about tattoos because I got one. Too. I got tattoos, too. How do they how do they because I know they're not that open to tattoos. Mm hmm. You got always sleeve. I don't know if you had them when you were in Japan. Well, how do, how was the, the the people looking at you? How how was that? Because I know I know I've seen a lot of videos of Japanese people now finally start to accepting tats, and you got both sleeves.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, like there were some. So first of all, like I never had anybody with a negative reaction to my tattoos. Um, okay. I actually I found a tattoo artist in my town and got got a tattoo while I was there. Yeah. So I yeah, wanted that's something cool. to, like yeah, I wanted something to like kind of commemorate my time in that city and um so this is uh it's called a Nauriko. it's like a wooden clapper and there's a a festival called Yosukoi that originated in Kochi. So that was uh and I also like I was able to participate in that one year, so I wanted something you know that was really screamed. You know, if somebody saw this, they would know what it was. They would know, okay, you know, this is Kochi. So it was either okay. like this, or like a fish, or a, oh, yeah. a, a famous samurai who came out of uh, Kochi. But uh, yeah, okay. I chose this, and um, so yeah, like people, especially if they saw this, they would like freak out, like, oh my god, that's awesome that you got a a tattoo of our, you know, our not yeah. on your arm, um, but yeah, culture. always had, was identity. Yeah, I always had great interactions with my tattoos. Um, now, when it came to working at the schools, um, I had to have them covered, just because that was you know something you got to do. It's gonna, you know, it could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it could just distract the students during class. So you just want to make sure that you don't have to to worry about that. Um, and there were a couple times that I went to like the hot springs or onsens. And I couldn't go because it said, you know, no tattoos. Um, but there, I know there are plenty of those in Japan that allow tattoos. And okay. I know as kind of a lead up to what was supposed to be the 2020 Olympics, they were trying to, um, yes. to be more like accepting of, of tattoos and stuff. I don't know how far that actually went, you know, because we didn't get to. Uh, really, things didn't, didn't go according to plan for the Olympics, but <laughs> not um, <at> all. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I, yeah, I think that Japan is getting becoming more tattoo friendly. It just might be a while before it's like totally fine everywhere.
1: Like in the U.S., for yeah, example. Yeah, I mean the U.S. Yeah, like, I
2: think over half the half the Americans have at least one tattoo
1: yeah and and what I might my feel is firefighter so we all have tattoos we have right. neck tattoo I mean so that's normal
2: mm-hmm. now
1: but I know a couple of years ago it was a taboo don't do a long sleeve all day and right. not too hot to be in a fire with a long sleeve oh yeah definitely yeah <laughs> but uh yeah man that's awesome and you left Japan just when COVID started right just when yeah, the prison yeah. started
2: yeah I left. you in were the, lucky yeah June of 2020 so um yeah, I uh, I was actually supposed to leave in July because like so um, I was there for four years and the max is five years and um, you know, four years I felt like that was pretty good and but then you know COVID came so I was like all right I need to get back to my parents and my family in case something happens like if the yeah. borders close and I I like I missed my shot I missed the window and I've got to stay in Japan during this uh, this pandemic I didn't want to have to worry about that so. I went over, you know, went back a little bit early and yeah, I, I pretty much just like chilled at my parents' place uh, for the next year. Or so just, yeah. you know, I, I had some money saved up, so I didn't need to worry about that, but just kind of hoping it was going to die down and well, it
1: didn't die down as fast as I would have liked. But uh, you know. oh yeah, trust me, I, I felt it. <laughs> it was outside yeah. the streets. I felt that one. Yeah. Yeah. It was a scary moments for everybody in the beginning. Right, right. And then, you know, and then everything went to politics, basically. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of all this craziness. Yeah. But, but man, uh, now, yeah, I mean,
2: that's... Is like a, it's kind of like the new flu. So we're going to see yes. COVID kind of outbreaks every year, I think.
1: Yeah. It, it's true. Every year they got a new vaccine. Yeah. But, uh, and how about the food? How about, because it's different. I mean, coming from here, barbecue, burgers. Uh, I mean, the most you get Japanese is sushi. From right. from Seven <laughs> Eleven, if you don't want to be fancy, <laughs>
2: right, right. Uh, I mean, how yeah, was the food, food over was, there? Yeah, food was awesome. Uh, I mean, like, it, it really spoiled me for you know coming back to the U.S. At least the Japanese, I bet, because like the we were on your know, coastal town, so we got the the freshest seafood. Oh yeah, I got I got to try a lot of foods that I would have never either never had the chance to try in the U.S. or not been brave enough to try in the U.S. So, like, uh you know, Fugu, the, the puffer fish. Um, oh, do you, you try that one? Yeah. Yeah, you have to have actual, like, a a license to be able to serve it, to be able to, like, properly prepare it. Um, yes. But I hear nowadays that like, they've got a lot of, um, like, farm-grown blowfish. They don't have, the like, the toxin sacks in them anymore. Okay. So they're much less dangerous. <laughs> At least those ones are. Um <laughs> I had, like, you know, chicken sashimi, so, like, raw chicken, which oh, actually yeah. tasted really Raw good. chicken? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, like, really, I don't know how they how they prepared it, but it was, like, the texture was nothing that I would have imagined. Um, and I, wow. I didn't feel, like, I didn't feel scared or at all to try it because I knew that they knew what they yeah, were Yeah, they were prepare it. In the exactly. U.S., I don't, think, I don't think I'd want to try it in the U.S. I'd be too afraid.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't even try Yeah. <laughs> One of the guys was doing a barbecue the other day at the station, and they got the pink chicken. Uh-huh. And, oh, man, that was horrible. Uh, we used to toss in the trash and <sighs> look it on the microwave. It was just bad. Yeah. But, uh yeah, that's weird. Uh, yeah. Raw chicken. I ate raw, raw meat when I was in Poland, but mm-hmm. that was, like, uh, beef. It, that that could, Actually, that was not too bad. But uh chicken, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like uh, the
2: car I guess. Um,
1: yes, that one. Yeah, that one. yeah.
2: So yeah, I had like various parts of the you know animals that I wouldn't have uh, probably wanted to try in the U.S. Um, but on the other hand, like sure the Japanese food is great, but there was less of a you know in in the U.S. You know, especially like in Miami and something you can find whatever kind of food you want, you know, if you want Mexican, if you want Korean, you know, there's a, there's a place you can, you can eat it. But where I was at least like, I was constantly craving some good Mexican food and I just couldn't find it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. (laughs) No shit. You want, you know, you want Korean barbecue? You got that. You want like Indian food? We got that. Uh, Chinese food? No problem. But like, if i wanted you know german food or exactly. you know mexican food if i want a taco like i'd have to buy the ingredients myself and, and just make it myself because there wasn't that you know kind of cuisine where i lived no way yeah
1: so if, is it would really be a good business to put a, a mexican restaurant down in japan over there
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's I it's mean, not um, that many. i've been following like some social media lately and there is a a guy who has like a mexican food truck in my town so um Okay. I think they're they're starting to to realize what they've been missing
1: um, <laughs> for so many years.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, like um, yeah, it was the, the food scene was was awesome, and I, there's a lot
1: of a lot of things that I really miss. Oh, I bet. And uh, talking about stuff that you miss, will you go back and live in Japan eventually, or retire over there, or? I know you will visit it. That's that's a that's a that's a given. But like, entire yeah. and permanent there.
2: Yeah, it's funny you mention that because I'm actually uh, I'm applying to the the jet program again this year. So okay. um, oh. I'm hopefully going to be going back. Sorry. <clears throat> going to be going back uh, next year. Um, so yeah, kind of a, a short little background. There's two main positions in the jet program. You got the teachers and you've got the coordinators for international relations. So the teachers, like, that's what I did before. You teach, you know, elementary and middle school, high school. Uh, But the coordinators, like, you need to know Japanese because you're going to be working for city hall, town hall, like the government. So you're going to be using Japanese, like, in your daily work. Um, So I wanted to, you know, to try that and really, like, Get my Japanese up, you know, not only your everyday Japanese, but like business Japanese, because they've got like a bunch of different, uh, like ways to ways to speak and different words that you use only in you know business settings. So it's a whole different kind of Japanese, really. Um, really? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually uh, applied again this year. So hopefully next uh, next July August, I'll be going right back over to Japan
1: and also awesome, man good luck you know. i i yeah, wish thanks. you the best hope you get it
2: yeah i know Help you get it yeah, next time might be for good we'll see what happens we'll see uh <laughs> what kind of opportunities get get you know come my way
1: yeah no i hear you man i hey maybe one day i can do, we can do a podcast in japan
2: yeah i, mean, I do want to visit i'm totally down yeah <laughs> i i told my friends you know and family and stuff when i was there the last time you know come on whenever you know come on whenever and I'll, I'll take the time off, and I'll show you around. We'll, you know, do the obvious, you know, Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, that kind of stuff. But you know, come yeah. down to to where I live, and I'll I'll show you a side of Japan that most visitors never see.
1: Yeah, because we all want to go to Tokyo. Yeah. Where was the first time? <laughs> it's that's, that's a given. Tokyo, yeah. walk around, see the the district, the manga district, or the anime district. I I forgot yeah. how to even the name of that. It's like uh, yeah. yes yes yeah. Uh, okay yeah i got man i got so many things i would like to go see <laughs> like, like i told you my girls love the hello kitty uh theme park that's built oh, yeah. in tokyo yeah, yeah they have the universal studios they got the disney they got i mean it's americanized but it's still i think the mario will be the main one i would like i would like to go mm-hmm. just because it's freaking japan they created it's mario a,
2: <laughs> yeah a huge gundam you know towering over everyone and uh i forget what part yes, of the town that yeah. is. yeah
1: yeah that the big yeah or drive Mario karts in the middle of tokyo exactly. that
2: yeah. would be awesome that would be awesome yeah. i still haven't done that yeah but sounds like a <laughs> lot
1: of <the> fun <laughs> that's in your checkout list exactly at <laughs> yeah. some point my, you'll my, do my it
2: list.
1: yeah yeah and in uh, and talking about business how is because we all or at least in my in my experience hear about the business japanese business culture is 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 rough if you don't used to work <laughs> don't even try they, actually oh, yeah. i was watching an anime on netflix it's about uh a guy who worked in the business and it's a zombie apocalypse and oh, yeah, he's Zon so happy 100. that everybody died
2: yes yeah, that yeah. one i he was so it, happy yeah. that everybody
1: die. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah um i mean yeah the japanese like working on the japanese workforce can definitely be like very oppressive um so uh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about uh but, um, yeah, I, I know that, like, actually the government's really working on, on trying to fix that, like making, actually making people use their vacation days because otherwise they just wouldn't. Um, oh, really? Yeah, making sure they don't have all this overtime because you, you've got the, this word, you know, karoshi, which means death by overwork. So, yes, you know, I heard that. Yeah, people are like just crazy. running themselves thin, running run themselves ragged, doing all this overtime. So uh it's it's definitely a thing that is still a problem unfortunately but I think it's slowly like getting better. Um, they're working on it. Yeah, like a lot of they've got, you know, they're famous for having like drinking parties where everyone gets together and has a, mm-hmm. a few beers after work that it you know, it seems like a lot of fun, but it's kind of like it's a mandatory fun really. If your boss goes, oh. like you're, expect- you're expected to go as well. And, you know, so not only are you with your coworkers doing work, then you've got to stay <laughs> even later, you know, 8, 9, 10 p.m., you know, doing work activities. And then, oh my getting, God. Getting a few hours of sleep and doing the same thing the next day. So. Uh,
1: I didn't know that was, like, kind of mandatory. I, I really wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean,
2: like, Technically, like kind you no. could yeah. you could say no but there's so much kind of unsaid pressure so yeah, uh, you
1: won't, yeah you will, say, you will say no even if you want to you're like oh right, i have to go
2: exactly yeah you want to be part of the team so you do what you exactly.
1: have to it's, it's it's a team mentality in japan mm-hmm. it's a community mentality in that aspect everything exactly. they do is community mentality which exactly. is good, but it's when it's extreme, is, is slow down, bro. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, anything taken to an extreme can be bad. So
1: that's kind of uh, yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah, like I said, I think it's it's getting better um, slowly but surely.
1: Gotcha. And and how about because uh, I'm curious too, because you know more culture, the dating in Japan. Because I, I heard that they're having trouble. I mean, getting couples together. The government is trying to push that. Because they don't have yeah. that many babies. I mean, how's that over there? Especially be, you being a foreigner, freaking six tall, ball guy, tats. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I mean, um, yeah, they're definitely like they have a declining birth rate, and that's a real problem. Because um, yeah. I think now, like, more people are focused on their career as they're like as they're younger, so they're prioritizing their career over their social life, and you know people just aren't getting married they aren't having kids um actually i i didn't really i wasn't really uh on the dating scene at all when i was over there i was also concentrating on my on my job and stuff like that um so uh yeah i know they're like they're they're trying to to make it easier for foreigners to actually have a life in japan and you know get a job have rights and stuff like that um make it easier to to get like you know what is it called um get nationalized i guess get your you know permanent residency that's what it was called permanent residency okay Uh, because before it would like it take like you have to be living in japan for 10 years like in a row at least you have to have all these qualifications to even get you know be eligible for permanent residency so oh. I know they're, uh, they're working on that as well to make it easier because, yeah, I mean, if things continue on the path that they're on right now, like the birth rates are just going to keep going, getting lower and lower. And they're just not going to have enough people to fill all the roles that Everything. they need to keep society moving.
1: Yeah, um, actually talking about it, I got a really good friend of mine. Uh, he's trying to look to buy houses in Japan. And there's literally ghost towns, like the little, yeah. you know, little neck of the wood towns. They're completely empty and the houses are ba- basically free. So you have mm-hmm. to basically buy it and go there and, and, and get it. So yeah. we was just talking about it uh, two days ago. Because I, I said to him, hey, I'm talking to Chris uh, from the Japanese embassy. Uh, the guy go excited. Oh, shit. Tell, Ask him about the housing and all that. Yeah, I'll ask him all that. So I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure he yeah. will hear the podcast. But uh, yeah, the, yeah a- I, I probably you saw that, right? Yeah. The empty um, towns. hmm
2: and yeah, pretty much like people are moving from these small towns to the, the big cities. So that's where the jobs are. Um, but also like the the government's trying to incentivize people to go back to those towns to you know kind of bring them back up. Because uh, yeah, I mean, um, like you said, those the uh, Akia, these empty homes are just mm-hmm. sitting there. Like you know, maybe it's kind of it's like a house kind of passed down generation to generation, but you know, the parents pass it down to their kid, but their kid wants to go to Tokyo. So like it just sits there unused. And uh there's actually quite a few like YouTubers that have, you know, videos of them restoring these yeah. these uh, you know, empty houses. Which is really cool. I I like uh there's a few that I follow that I like seeing their their progress. And it's it's definitely kind of crossed my mind before, like, hmm, do I want to try to do yeah. that? You know, go back over there Uh, because I mean, it, it takes a lot of money sometimes for the renovations, but if you can buy the, the land dirt cheap, then it'll, you'll still make up for it in the end. Like it'll still be cheaper than trying to buy a house in the U S
1: yeah. Oh Uh, yeah, definitely. Like a hundred percent. I hear you, man.
2: Yeah. Especially
1: in Miami and Orlando.
2: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Especially um, in Miami. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there are there are like, uh, yeah, there are things that the the government's doing right now to try to repopulate those uh, those ghost towns. Okay. How, how no, that's, that's good. To do that is still up in the I air, but know. yeah.
1: Yeah, because it's 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 a long trip. Even if you want to go, you. I mean, once you take the the decision, you know, going there for a long time, you know, coming back in a while, so. It takes a lot of a lot of commitment to just to go there and do the housing. Anything you want to do in Japan will take take a while just to do it right. Yeah. yeah especially you, the way they over yeah. there.
2: And you got, you know, bureaucracy and everything has to be oh, done yeah. in just a certain way. So um there's a lot of uh red, you know, red tape to, to get through also.
1: Yes, I I saw that too and a lot of YouTube channels I watch and that saw a lot of bureaucracy in Japan and uh they're still using uh paper to clock in and clock out, like which that to me is insane and a lot of cash, like bills, like oh, yeah. I thought Japan would be on the top of the list on technology and it's like, ah, uh, what happened? So I don't yeah. know. That's crazy uh, to me that's insane. Especially from Japan.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, daily life is all about, you know, faxing and keeping paper copies of everything and cash is king. Um, which is, you know, if you're just looking at Japan from the outside, knowing nothing about how things really work, then you'd, you'd think that, you know, everything is happening, you know, in, in 2030 or 2040 in Japan, whereas everyone else is still in
1: 2023. But <laughs> it's far from yeah. that. That's so true. <laughs> I could, like the guy, like, uh, uh i saw a lot of like a nurse they build like a robot they go to a nursing mm-hmm. home will take care of the elderly because they don't have that many nurses anymore yeah uh and the fire, fire side they got like automatic machines that go put the down put the fire down and uh and uh the trucks are smaller like way smaller look like a minivan and the yeah, fire yeah. trucks um
2: just because it's just because, yeah.
1: it's just because the way they are i mean it's so small
2: yeah i mean when i was over there like i was you know, one day I remember going in for like a the doctor's visit, and there was a you know a robot that I would essentially like put my information in to to check in to the hospital, and uh, they <laughs> have the same thing for like sushi restaurant. There'd be a a robot that you would go to to say you know how many people are coming, do you want a booth or a table, and it would spit out a number and just wait for them to call you rather than an actual you know, a live person, person to
1: do it for you. So, wow, that's that's kind of cool. I guess adapt and overcome. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. I guess yeah. that's a max adapt overcome. And uh, and how how's the if, let's say my family four people, wife, kids want to go to Japan. How much money do we need to spend like a week? Oh man, kind of. Uh, or, and I, I know mean, it's I know it's hard because you, Tokyo is different than the little towns and Kyoto. Yeah, but
2: well, I mean, first of I, all, I don't know, like if you're going to go to Japan, I would say at least two weeks. Because, um, like, especially a week, like, you got at least a day to um, to recover from the jet lag. And mm-hmm. then another day is going to be kind of dedicated to, you know, getting your stuff and going to the airport and, you know, waiting for the flight. So, personally, if, if I'm going, I'm going to go for at least two weeks. But that being said, um, thankfully, now the Exchange rate is like super favorable for Americans, so you okay. can like, uh, you can go over for a lot less than you would, uh, you know, when the end was stronger. So I mean, it's been, I mean, it's been a while since I've had to actually pay for a flight to the to Japan because you know okay. going over there originally was was free as part of the the program. Yeah, part of,
1: yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, maybe like fifteen hundred for a. You know, a round trip flight for one person. Um, gotcha. And that also that'll depend on the time of year. Like, yeah. the you know certain certain time of years are obviously less crowded than others. Cheaper. So you might you might find some better you know some cheaper flights. Um, but once you're over there, so if I was going by myself, I would probably, I mean, I'd probably want to have like a thousand bucks just in case.
3: Um,
1: okay. Wow. that's
2: Yeah. I mean, cause if you want to take the train, like the Shinkansen, the bullet train, that can get kind of expensive. um I mean, if you just want to, like, if you're staying in Tokyo and you want to do everything in that area, uh, you can do it for you know a lot cheaper. But you know, I never know if I'm going to walk into a store and see this awesome piece of technology that I want to <laughs> buy. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a big piece 30, of art. so. Yeah, I'd be spending a lot oh, of money okay. on on, you know, on restaurants and and that kind of stuff. Um gotcha. So, I w- I would probably, you know, want to want to bring that much money. I mean, and bringing a 1000 bucks is like you'll know, having 1500 bucks, honestly, when you convert it to again. So, you're, oh, you're going to wow. get a lot a lot more bang for for your purchases. Yeah. So, that's I mean that's a great opportunity to really kind of buy just goods cheaper than you would be able to in the U S you know, go over oh, there and you go for a vacation, but you also kind of get a deal on, you know, whatever you want to buy and, and take back home with you, whether it's electronics or
3: some, I don't know, uh, some cool,
2: you know, artwork yeah. or, uh, anything, whatever,
1: a, a I
2: tattoo, bro.
3: too. <laughs>
1: yeah uh, yeah, that's
2: and you don't have to pay for you know you don't have, don't have to tip the tattoo artist because they don't do tips in japan so oh uh, you don't yeah i know
1: oh shit yeah it's like europe when i went there they don't they don't yeah. tip you don't tip in europe at least if exactly. you really want to but they don't they don't expecting you tip at all
2: yeah so um
1: oh shit. i didn't know that yeah it's
2: so also for the for the yeah. food you gotta get a lot more bang for your buck uh when it comes to <laughs> oh, yeah. eating out yeah
1: Nice. That's pretty cool. And uh, uh do you have a chance to sleep in one of those like, though you know, I think it's one room hotel with a capsule, you know yeah, what I'm talking about hotels. Yeah. The capsule um, do you have a chance to sleep in one of those or how how that experience if yeah, you have a chance I did that. to do it.
2: I did it a couple times. Uh, usually I would stay in like hostels. I was always looking for the cheapest way to, to yeah. stay in, in the town when I was on vacation. But yeah, I did do a couple capsule hotels. Uh, and like as a, a big guy big western guy i was kind of yeah. skeptical but um the two that i went to like there was plenty of space for me um i huh. had like a little shelf in there you can put your stuff on they had like a a small tv uh, a clock an alarm some um you know some plugs you know some outlets you can plug in your your cell phone or whatever and yeah lockers bathroom showers all that stuff so i mean uh i didn't feel like Claustrophobic or anything? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because like I'm six two and I'm two fifty, so I, I'm a big dude, especially in yeah. Japan and Asia. I, I yeah. kind of like hey, everybody looking at me. Yeah. So, so like <laughs>
2: if I was if I was in the the capsule, I couldn't like I couldn't sit up, but just laying okay. down there was there was plenty of room above me, and like I just you know slide right out and get out if I needed to make a quick exit.
1: Got it. What is the most expensive thing in Japan? It could be the food, the hotel, the car. What what could be the most expensive thing that when you go there?
2: Uh I mean just as a visitor I would say I
1: guess.
2: Yeah, like like I was saying the bullet train can get kind of expensive, like more expensive than taking a flight. Um oh, sure. you've got you've got kind of the the luxury ones as well. Like you can get a luxury room and take a, you know, take a week just to you kind of a scenic train ride from one end of Japan to the other, which I, I do want to do at some point. That seems like a lot of fun. Um, oh, I bet. So yeah, but that I mean that can get pretty expensive, especially one of the the longer kind of, I guess, pleasure cruise version of the, the train rides.
3: Oh yeah, um,
1: I bet, man.
2: Yeah, I guess that's really like, and obviously, if you want to buy, you know electronics yeah. or stuff like that's gonna get pretty pricey
1: but you no know, I, I bet yeah so, yeah for sure and uh what is the thing that you miss the most about japan being here what 3 years in the states
2: uh, yeah since, dude, um, since you came back yeah yeah uh the thing i miss honestly like i miss how quiet it was and how like respectful people were of the people around them so okay. like if you go on the train nobody's talking yeah, you know, nobody's making a ruckus, no one's eating or drinking. It's just like, you know, do your own thing, you know, maybe you play a cell phone game or read a, a book or something. But like everyone is super respectful of like no noise pollution that kind of stuff. Um you go to a a cafe or something and that was one thing that kind of gave me some reverse culture shock when I came back was I'd go to <laughs> to a cafe and like to get some studying done while I was there and like it'd be so quiet like you'd never you'd never get that kind of real ambiance back in the states cuz you'll have people kind of carrying on or talking really loud or mm-hmm. playing their music out loud and um that that really like took some getting used to when i got back to the states so wow. yeah i think that's one of the the big things that i miss that kind of was obvious, kind of every day.
1: Yeah, uh, that's awesome, man. I mean, it sucks for us because we look like <laughs> savages, but <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it's true though. That's that thing that yeah is is difficult. I, when I was in Italy, it's so loud when you go to mm-hmm. a coffee place. Yeah, because they throw the coffees and people speaking and yelling up back and forth. But yeah, I, I can I can see that how you miss that part And, mm-hmm. uh, what do you recommend places to go? Like top three places to go in Japan.
2: Um, let's see, top three places. So, so I really I didn't get to travel to too many places when I was there because um, I always favored Osaka when I when I was gonna travel because just mm-hmm. like I think that's that's my favorite city in in Japan honestly, um, but. Okay, okay, here's one place. So there's a and it's kinda hard to get to if you don't have like a, a car or something, but it's a it's called like the the doll village. So there's like very few people who live there. Um but there's like um and not, not so when I say doll, I mean like kind of if you think if you know like Raggedy And or Andy, that kind of doll. Yeah. Um uh, but like more like life size. Oh. So they're like they're everywhere in the city. It can be kind of creepy if you're like alone or going at night. But essentially, like (laughs) this woman, this woman who lives there, like made doll versions of the previous like inhabitants. So um, a friend and I went there because my friend had a car, and uh, so I kind of tagged along. And they're like, we went to the the school that had like life-sized doll versions of all the the students. And sure, uh that, that's
1: creepy it, as fuck. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um we like we went like during the daytime, so the creepiness factor was kinda of toned down a little bit. But we actually like we met the lady who had made all these and oh, she like, wow. invited us yeah, she invited us into her house and which we, we accepted because why not? And wow. um so she had like a you bunch of dolls in her house as well. I think I think it was yeah, I think she also had a doll of um of Trump and Melania as well in her house.
0: What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Jesus.
2: So, and I—I like, mean, if you just like if you Google like Doll Village, Japan, you'll—you'll you'll find it. I can't remember the name. You'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I would—I would recommend just where else you're going to find a place like that in the world,
1: really? It's all in Japan. Yeah.
2: Um, all in Japan. I mean, I guess i got to plug my own town, so please come to Kochi. Um, We've got, like, great, you know, because it's on on the ocean, so you've got, like, great seafood, and you've got, like, you've got the mountains to one side, you've got the ocean to the other side, you've got the city in the middle, so, like, no matter what you like, you can find, you know, you can find something that kind of um, uh, matches You know, whether you like the city or the the outdoors or the the sea and the mountains. So, yeah, come to Kochi, please. Um, And let's see, third place. I mean, I guess Osaka, really. Um, Just because I think they've got a really good food scene over there as well. I think the nightlife is pretty awesome, even though I'm not really a a partier or a nightlife kind of guy myself. Um, yeah,
1: me either. And, <laughs> cool for like, that, and I'm done with that. A long yeah, time exactly.
2: Ago. So, like, you know, Tokyo is more kind of business. Everyone's more serious over there. But Osaka is, like, more laid back. Um, okay. A lot of, like, the famous comedians come from Osaka, too. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say Osaka, like, and just kind of as a general recommendation, just go down as many side streets and back alleys as you can. Because you'll find some really awesome stuff over there, oh, really? like whether it's a, a bar or like a small ramen shop. There's just so many hidden treasures that you're not going to find unless you really just go in every nook and cranny and see you know see what you can find that's kind of off the beaten
1: path. Nice. Yeah, that, definitely I'll take your advice because uh, hopefully this will be the, the, it's the first podcast that we do, but uh, hopefully it's the first of many. Because oh, yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. This is awesome, man. Um, I always say that traveling is fuel for your soul because it, it opens your mind for so many things and, and they make you like change the way you see things when you come back. You appreciate more what oh, you yeah. have. For sure. And, and yeah. like like uh, going to places that maybe you don't need a car when you mm-hmm. come back to the US, you got a pickup truck and all. So, like, I, I don't need it. Right. Why I need yeah. a pickup truck? Why I need this? Why I need that? So it changed a lot and, and it changed me all the years. I actually went to the jungle in Amazon to six months working as a paramedic. Oh, wow. Uh, I imagine you in the army going to places that you never expected. So yeah. it's, it's traveling to me is, is, a, is a fuel for your soul to help your mental health, to help with your stress, anxiety, and going to new places, especially if they don't speak the language, culture. Mm. To me, that's better than buying anything else in the world.
2: Oh yeah, experiences trump physical possessions any day of the week.
1: Yeah. Uh I got a question. Probably people were wondering, how do you it's more about the embassy role, but how do you get into that program? If a guy in college says, Hey, you know what? I I wanna try that, how do they how do they contact you or which website they can go or what do you what do you recommend for that?
2: Okay, yeah. I mean so the only thing you need is to be like a US like citizen. Um, and then just have a bachelor's degree. So, like, it doesn't matter what it's in. Uh, it could be like English or Japanese or whatever, but it could also be biology or computer science. Um, as long as you have the piece of paper, is all that matters. Um, okay. But yeah, just like reach out to, you know, your local consulate. Um, you, and you can see, like, online which, you know, which consulate uh, is kind of your jurisdiction. And just, you know, call them and, uh, you know, either call them or like email them and say, you know, Hey, I'm interested in doing the jet program. And, you know, can you give me some information or whatever? Um, you can also just go to like what's uh jet program, And that has all the basic info for you as well. Um, okay. but yeah. And then the, the important thing is like the timing, because you don't want to like call them up or, or whatever and, and realize, Oh, this is the last week of, you know, the the application window where it's already passed so uh yeah like end of september is when applications open so um that's kind of the the best time to kind of well actually actually i would say even reach out even earlier because there's really there's you can't prepare too early either you can like take some japanese classes you can get like a tefl or tesol like a a way like a certificate that shows that you know how to teach english to non english speakers so get some like some teaching training or find some ways to like get some some leadership training or like find a japanese club or whatever or organization in like in your town you can kind mm-hmm. of uh participate in but um yeah really um just going online or or calling up your local imb- or local consulate rather is the easiest way. Got it. To, to get info, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. So in Florida, will be Miami, right? Because yeah, I don't Miami think I have a consulate of in Orlando. Florida.
2: Yeah, some okay. Some consulates do like they have more than one uh, state that they're responsible for, but yeah, Florida is all. It's Miami. We we do all of Florida.
1: Okay, perfect. Yeah, so people may be interested, whoever's listening. That's kind of the steps you have to go through. And and hopefully, you can accomplish your dreams and go to Japan and spend minimum, what, a year, two years, I guess? Or yeah, I mean, maximum five, I know, maximum yeah,
2: five. Yeah. yeah, contracts are at a year basis. But um, I always say, like, unless you break the law, you're pretty much guaranteed to be able to renew your contract for up to five years. Um, yeah. But you can do as little as one if you want to.
1: as long as you don't be be stupid that's the main main advice don't be stupid (laughs) you got it yeah take take advantage
2: of your time but like don't don't do anything dumb
1: exactly yeah don't get in trouble just enjoy life enjoy another culture and maybe you come back and maybe you move over there who knows who knows what life take you
2: yeah make some money make some experiences but just have a good time go over there with an open time uh,
1: yeah, open mind, man. And uh, before we finalize, because it's almost an hour. See, they, I told you, it passes fast.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah, it
3: does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't even notice. Uh, what advice? I got two things. What advice you give to people uh, before go to Japan? Since you kind of the expert in that that I know now, expert okay. in Japan culture, kind of.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, so definitely, like, try to learn some Japanese, even if it's just the basics, like, thank you, uh, where's the bathroom. Like, excuse me, that'll go really far. Um, Thankfully, like, if you go to the big cities, a lot of the signage will be in English as well as Japanese. Okay, um, that helps. Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, apps you can can download to make things easier. Um, I don't know if, I'm I'm sure, like, Google Maps would work. There's probably better ones kind of tailored towards Japan if you want to, you know, get um, the bus schedule or train schedule. Um, you know anything like, uh, Google Translate or DeepL for, you know, okay. trying to communicate with people, um, and uh, that's that's I guess the biggest advice for me for just kind of visiting. Um, and uh, you know, definitely I would say, have some, you know, a few things that you definitely want to want to do while you're over there. But give yourself enough free time to, you know, kind of go out on a whim and take the train a couple more stops to some random place and get out and see what's, you know, what's around, and yeah. um, just, you know, uh, don't, you know, don't be afraid to to step outside your comfort zone, whether it's talking yeah. to somebody or like eating some food that you're not too sure about you probably won't like but you might as well give it a try since it might be your only chance to to be able to eat that or drink that and yeah, exactly.
1: um, yeah cause <laughs> make the most yeah, out I of even imagine.
2: yeah make the most out of your time while you're there because you know that might be the only time you get to, to visit japan
1: yeah that's another thing it's so far and expensive <laughs> right that might be that might be it that might be the only yeah. time you go there and that's it yeah, uh, 'cause because like here we can go to Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, you know, fifty bucks with a round trip, right? Right. Or exactly. go to uh, whatever. But Japan is that—that's a commitment. Yeah, Once you decide to go there. It. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can even imagine. <laughs> uh, uh, and now, who you recommend to come to the podcast and talk about Japan and about the culture? Who, who do you recommend? And maybe I can uh, pursue that person. Hopefully.
2: Uh, okay. Um I mean honestly this is like I don't know how, how feasible this would be. So I guess one of the the kind of most well known uh like Japan YouTubers slash podcasters is a uh, a guy named uh, Chris Broad. He does um uh, his channel's called um Broad in Japan or I think yeah. Broad in
1: Japan. Oh yeah, I think I've seen it. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Right? Yeah yeah, I do well, yeah. yeah. I'm so I mean, if well, you maybe. Can manage
2: to, to contact him and you know and get him on, uh, I think he would be a great you know person to talk to, and you know he's a really funny guy and very like animated. So, uh, yeah, I think he, I think he'd really be a fun guy to to talk to.
1: Awesome, yeah. I will. I will try. Hey, what also can happen to say no? Exactly, or like get <laughs> like a response, no. but yeah. Hey, at least I try. Uh, hey, yeah. I'm not Joe Rogan, so I don't have any any pressure on it. <laughs> I'm doing it because I like it. not because they yeah, paid me $100 million Right, an episode. Right, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well try to see what but, happens. Uh, exactly. But, Chris, uh, thank you so much for the time. Uh, I know it's kind of late, kind of, but it's Miami, mm-hmm. so everything's 24 hours. Yeah. 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 No no worries. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, for real, for your time, for, for for everything we've done. And... and for show a little bit of the Japanese culture coming from your perspective. Because it's hard. For Japan culture to be exposed like that to people, mm-hmm. it's kinda of hard. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad I have a chance to contact you and, and hopefully this is just the beginning of many podcasts that we can talk about Japan and and everything else that you want. You're more than welcome. Thank you so much, man. Last words, anything you're doing right now or people want to contact you, just if any chance any questions about Japan or the or the program that you are running? The Jet Program,
2: uh, yeah. I mean, um, just you know, if you want to contact me, then you just go on the the Miami like uh Japanese consulate uh, website, and there's like a main number, but you you know you talk to the receptionist and say yeah, I want to talk to the you know the Jet Program coordinator. I want to talk to Chris, and she'll send you right to me. Um, but yeah, like uh, we're you know we're working on. the the next kind of group of jets to go over next year right now. Um, So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of characters we're going to have coming through Miami this
1: year. I can't even imagine. (laughs) I would love to make a YouTube video just for you guys. I've got a camera (laughs) and a microphone. I would love to do that. If we can make it happen, I'll I'll go to Miami, especially now with the new bright light uh, train that we have.
2: Right, right. Yeah, I can't wait to use that
1: is uh sick. my brother did it It actually wasn't that bad it's okay. three hours you pay he paid 89 bucks but it was around 10 o'clock at night so nobody mm. was in the train okay this is nice. actually was nice the wi-fi if you need to do business or whatever is is great
2: sick sick yeah you so, go to orlando at some point and meet, you know uh visit some friends over there too so
1: hey if you come to orlando you know you have to stop we can drink some beer or, or sake
2: okay yeah i mean <laughs> that's, that's not a good idea i'll, I'll try to you know. Maybe after you know, after uh, winter break, but definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're more than <laughs> welcome here, bro, and I appreciate it again. Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, I guess we drink in sake when you come to Orlando or I we'll go to Miami Either after way, winter break. Yeah. And, uh, we'll do it. Have a uh, have a great night and uh, have a enjoy your day and the weekend. Thank All you right, so thanks. much. Thank you, too.
2: thank you so much.